0: Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Amen. Appreciate that and this opportunity to speak to you. I know my pastor's been behind this pulpit and uh, it's a tremendous honor. Hallelujah. We pray for the McAllen Church. You guys have a special place in our heart. I'm a homeboy. Amen. I lived in McAllen, but I used a faked address to go to Edinburgh. I'm a Bobcat because I wanted to go where the winners were. I'm kidding. Kidding. Amen. I'm kidding. Was, I'm just kidding. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I, I was born and raised here, joined the military at 17, the best of the best, the United States Navy. And uh, joined at 17, got, ended up getting stationed in Norfolk, Virginia, and that's where I got saved, hallelujah, amen, got saved, and uh, the rest is history. God called me into the ministry. We got sent out to Miami, Florida for two years in January of 2008, Then we got a call one Monday where there was a special need in Chicago. And we've been there ever since for 13 years, amen. The Zapatas are doing well, hallelujah, amen. Keep praying for them. Uh, when the when they first came to church, little Andrea, you know who she is, amen. The only girl in the Zapata clan. Uh, she went into nursery and one of our boys said, I'm going to marry you. But she's been disciple because she said, well, you have to talk to my pastor. And so hallelujah, amen. And then... Uh, I got, I got baptized all over again. I was writing down a prayer request. I was writing somebody's name down. And all of a sudden I feel like a, a slap in my boutois, amen. And uh, I look around and Chano's there and he's like, I got baptized in Chano, amen, hallelujah. I said, hey, brother, this is what your son did. He's like, oh, that means he likes you, hallelujah, amen. He likes your preaching. If you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 7, hallelujah, It's a privilege also to have some of my family here, amen, tonight. And so thank you so much for you being here, amen. Genesis chapter 7, and we'll start in verse 1, Genesis chapter 7. There was a man named Ken Balau, and um, he's a 10th generation New Orleans native. During Hurricane Katrina, this man, Ken Balau, he used his fiberglass fishing boat to rescue other people. You remember Hurricane Katrina, when that disaster took place. So many lives uh, perished. It was a big uh, 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 event in our nation's history. He's a 10th generation New Orleans native, and he spent three weeks on the water in the chaotic aftermath of the hurricane. During this time, he was persuading people to get inside of his boat. While doing this, though, he was actually dodging bullets because people thought when he was coming up to their house while they're on the rooftops that he was actually coming into their house to get and steal all their belongings. Not only was he rescuing people, but he was rescuing their pets, breaking into some houses for supplies of people. And this is when the city was dark and extremely dangerous. But listen to this. Ken Bilal. His efforts have been credited with saving more than 400 lives. This one man saved 400 lives because he encouraged people to get inside the boat. But the interesting thing about Ken Bilal is not how many many people that he saved. He actually prepared for this in advance. Ken Bilal was one of the few natives that understood if New Orleans gets hit with a Category 5 hurricane, it was going to be bad. He predicted that this would happen. Years before Hurricane Katrina took place, Ken knew that a hurricane would hit head on and people would die, and this would be catastrophic. Listen, he saw what could happen and he prepared for it. He knew something was coming. In our text that we're going to read tonight, this is the text about Noah. God, you know the story of Noah. God tells Noah, listen, I'm going to bring judgment on the earth. And I'm going to save you and your family. Get all that you can into the ark, but judgment is definitely coming. Noah and his family prepared. Listen to me tonight. Judgment is coming. We cannot bypass it. Because God is a just God. There's a reason he's coming back. And there's a reason he's bringing judgment. Oh, but beloved, listen, he wants as many people to be rescued as much as possible. I want to preach, amen, a simple message entitled, Something is Coming. Genesis chapter 7 verse 1 goes like this. And the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Go to verse 4. For after seven more days I will cause it to rain on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. And I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters were on the earth. So Noah with his sons, his wife, and his sons' wives went into the ark because of the waters of the flood. Verse 10. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were on the earth. In verse 12, and the rain was on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. Go to verse 17. Now the flood was on the earth 40 days. The waters increased and lifted up the ark and it rose high above the earth. Verse 22 so everything on dry land that had the breath of life in it died. God wiped out every living thing on the earth. All were destroyed. The only people who survived were Noah and those with him inside the ark. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and the anointing that destroys the yoke. Pray you would anoint me, God. Hide me behind your cross. I have no confidence in myself. Minister, God, to Draw people to your altar once again. And I pray help us to see that something is coming. Open our eyes, Lord God, to the unsaved and the saved. We don't have much time left. You are coming back and you want many people to be rescued, all if possible. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, oh, come on, all God's people said, amen. Something is coming. I want to first look at number one, the history of judgment. In our scripture, it talks about this judgment that we already read about. But the Bible also talks about a coming judgment. Think about this. If you ever asked, why did God judge this way? You know, in nurseries, you know, they, if you've been to other churches, you go into their nursery, you see sometimes they have this mural of Noah's Ark. I, I, I told my nursery workers, we should paint Noah's Ark on one side, and they should paint people drowning on the others uh, just to... Put a a judgment aspect to our little kids because they need to know judgment is coming. Amen. But God says that the reason why he brought judgment was because there was evil continually. Verse 5 in chapter 6, then the Lord saw that man was very sinful on the earth. Listen, you don't have to walk too far outside of your house to understand. We are living in the last days and man's thinking is evil continually. Amen. The Lord saw that man was very sinful on the earth. Every plan and thought of the heart of man was evil continually. We live in this type of generation. This is the climate. This is the culture of the earth. And God made it very clear to Noah. Judgment is coming. Verse 3 in chapter 6, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever for he is indeed flesh yet his days shall be 120 years. Listen, God was giving a foreshadowing to Noah of judgment. So, let's think about this. The Bible tells us of another judgment that is coming. God judged one time by water, but the Bible predicts and prophesies that judgment is now going to come through fire. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 7 But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly people. You know, the Bible calls this the tribulation. There is going to be seven years of judgment on earth. Or we can bring it more down to simpler terms, there's going to be seven years of straight hell on earth. People are going to die. And this is going to be God's wrath. Hello. This is going to happen. Once by water, God judged. What kind of Sunday night sermon is this? Oh, there's a hope, I promise. Amen. Once by water, he judged it. But then God says there's, a, there's something being reserved. There's a fire being reserved. That's going to bring this judge, the judgment on the current and present earth. Beloved, there has to be judgment because God is just. There's going to be seven years of hell on earth of God's wrath and judgment. And it's coming soon. And there's reasons for this. Number one, he does it because he's going to bring judgment for man's sin and disobedience. In the last days, Paul prophesied that men will be lovers of themselves. They have a form of godliness. I, it's you know, I, I was here last year. I, this is the longest that I uh, uh, that I've been here since maybe a few years ago. Wanted to spend more time with family, uh, but you know, there's a lot of churches everywhere. Hello, I mean, there's so people can think and see that look, there's churches there. there God is moving. God is doing something good. Just because you're in church or you're a church member doesn't mean you're going to make it. Okay. Amen. I'm telling you, God is going to separate the wheat from the chaff. He's going to do this. But we can think like, oh, man, there's, there's so I know people that are good people. Yes, there's good. But good has nothing to do with it. Are you saved or are you not saved? That's the issue. There is going to be a judgment for man's sin. There is going to be people who are fully, full out disobedient to God. But guess what? You can still be disobedient to God in the house of God. And judgment is coming for that too. That is why God is bringing it. The second reason why, because God's going to bring judgment for the treatment of his people. Listen, I know Ecclesiastes and And, uh, you know, if you read Proverbs, it's it's wisdom books. But then you, you read Ecclesiastes and it seems like a contradiction. When you read all of that, listen, I'm telling you, bad things happen to God's people. Hello, things that don't make sense. It happens. There's sometimes we get wrath from man. There's our missionaries are going through things. People that we don't know about are going through things. They're they're getting mistreated. Right now, there are so many people getting saved in the Middle East. Uh, it's, It's recorded that God is appearing to them or Christ is appearing to them in visions and dreams, and they're getting saved. Guess what? Over there, when you give your life to Jesus, you're surrendering everything. You can have your head chopped off. Oh, we're so blessed here in America. But I'm telling you, judgment is also coming for the mistreatment of God's people. Hello. Because God is concerned about every aspect of his people's lives. Amen. But that is another reason he's bringing the judgment. And the third reason is that there's going to be a shift when God brings his judgment. There's going to be a gathering in the book of Revelation. There's going to be a gathering of the Jewish people to himself. In other words, this is a judgment with purpose. God has not forgotten about the covenant he made with Abraham. When this judgment comes, the shifting is now going to go to the Jewish people. So many people are going to be saved in the seven years of hell on earth. So many people are going to come to the knowledge of Christ. Most, I believe, hallelujah, are going to be Jewish. The Bible says there's 144,000. I won't get too into that. There's 144,000 Jews that are going to be Paul-like preachers in in the seven years of tribulation. There's going to be a shifting and a preparing. And know what they're preparing for after the seven years Christ is coming back to reign. Hallelujah. Second Peter 3.9, the Lord does not delay and is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Listen, our God rather show mercy than judge. Hallelujah. Some of you better thank God for that. It seems like you're getting away with it. I'm telling you, you best repent. Repentance is a good word. Can you say amen? The Bible says that he desires all to repent. In other words, all to change their mind about their life. All to change their mind about their selfish ways and turn to him. Because God is into warning people before the judgment. We see this in the word of God. Throughout Bible history, before judgment, God warned. He warned a lot through Abraham. He warned Nineveh through Jonah. And the book of Jeremiah, listen, it's all about warning about God's judgment. Turn. Repent. In our scripture, God warned one man, Noah. And this is because the love of God. God rather show mercy than judgment. Ezekiel 33, 11, as surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways so they can live. Turn. Turn from your wickedness. Why should you die? Oh, listen to me. If you're here tonight, you're new, you've been coming, checking things out, whether it's, Listen, whether you've been coming for a while, because we can all get off track. Amen. We can all get off track. Sometimes we need to check ourselves. Am I really living for Jesus? Am I still obedient when I first got, am I in love with Jesus more now, more than when I first got saved uh, 10 years, 11 years later, am I still in the Father's will? Turn. Turn turn again, trust God, go out again, do the will of God, whatever it is, God is warning. He's a just God. Therefore, judgment must come. But he rather show mercy than judge. Let's talk secondly about rising above the judgment. Because there's a way to escape the judgment. Verse 17, God made an out for this. Verse 17 in our text, now the flood was on the earth 40 days. The waters increased and lifted up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. I want you to catch that tonight. This is actually a picture of something that's going to take place. The waters increased and lifted up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. Noah and his family We're able to rise above the judgment. This is going to happen to the church of Jesus Christ. Before the seven years, before the seven years of hell on earth and judgment, the church is not going to be here. Hello, I'm not talking about church membership. I'm talking about the bride of Christ. There is something that's going to take place. It's called the rapture. God's people are going to be taken up. Verse 1 in that same scripture, come into the ark. You are righteous before me, Noah, in this generation. Listen, Noah followed God's instructions precisely. And the results of this was that Noah not only saved him and his wife, but he also saved his sons and their wives. God gave Noah specifics just as he gives you and I specifics Noah didn't have the Bible hello so you can say we have more on our side than Noah did we know the instructions we know what it is to live for Jesus we know what it is to be in the will of the father this is a way we can escape judgment listen God wants to save people You look at them right now, and in your mind, you're thinking, man, they're impossible. How many have family members like that? Everybody has that one uncle. Man, it's going to take a miracle. But you know what? God is into miracles. I still believe the greatest miracle on earth is not legs growing out, limbs growing out, healed of cancer. The greatest miracle to me is still somebody who gets saved and radically converted. Because everything's about to change. That's what happened to me. August first, two thousand four. I came. I came in. I had a career in the military. I had goals, as Pastor uh, uh, Roman mentioned this morning. I had goals. Uh, I had a blueprint. I, I was going to make money. I was a nuclear engineer in the navy. You know why? Because I went to Edinburgh High. I'm kidding. Amen. No. And I had everything. You can ask my wife. I had plans. I was going to make money. I mean, I, everything. But then one Sunday morning, I came to a church, bowed my knee, and I realized I'm a wretched sinner, man. And I need Jesus. And right there. And you know what? I got saved on a revival meeting, Sunday through Thursday. I got saved Sunday morning. Listen, when I got saved and got up from the altar, nobody had to beg me to come back Sunday night. I came back Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and I was on outreach on Saturday. Because God did something. That was a miracle. Pastor Gunkel, who was my first pastor, went up to, came up to me afterwards and said, G.J., I was scared of you, man. I said, like, what? He said, your wife told me stories. My wife got saved six months before me. But I'm telling you, God gave us specifics. There's one way to escape the judgment. And it's only through Jesus Christ tonight. That's it. It's not about your good deeds all of us compared to others are good people but there's only one way to escape this judgment that is going to happen and that is through christ that's the only way the escape is going to come john 14 5 no we don't know lord thomas said we have no idea where you are going so how can we know the way jesus told him i am the way the truth and the life no one can come to the Father except through me. Listen to me. Jesus is our means of escaping this judgment that is coming. He shed his blood 2,000 years ago. And there's a picture of this tonight. It's always been by the blood where you escape. Think about the Jews. And the last plague is coming on Egypt they had to put the blood of the Passover lamb on their doorframe that is the only way they can escape the judgment that was coming rahab as they're taking jericho as the people of god are taking jericho they told rahab listen just put this scarlet thread or this scarlet rope on your house we'll know that's a picture of the blood of jesus and when the when the jewish people came and they conquered jericho they saw that red rope, and they said, okay, we're going to pass over this house. The blood is the only way we can escape the judgment. Let me ask you a question. Is there a mark of the blood of Jesus on your life that separates you from the rest? Ephesians 2, 3, all of us used to be just as they are. Our lives expressing the evil within us, doing every wicked thing that our passions or our evil thoughts might lead us into. We started out bad, being born with evil natures, and we're under God's anger just like everyone else. In other words, what he's saying in our text is that what this means, we were people headed towards destruction and judgment, but God got involved. You came to an altar or you prayed somewhere, you prayed on outreach, but you came to yourself and you say, you know what, I need forgiveness of my sins. I'm a sinner. You know, it's still hard for people to admit that. I'm a sinner and I need the blood of Jesus over my life. So just as Noah rose above the floods of judgment, believers, born-again Christians, are going to rise above the tribulation john 3 3 says jesus said if unless a man is born again he cannot see the kingdom of god born again believers are the ones that are going to skip the seven years of judgment the bible calls this our blessed hope i have a a good friend of mine bobby and carrie pettis they pioneered with us there in the midwest they were there for about uh, seven years in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, you, 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 you find somebody from Texas, there's like something. There's something there, right? I remember when Danny and Felicia were in Flint, Michigan, Joe Albert, Grandpa Joe, you know, Joe Mendez, you know him. He's, not, he's a real grandpa now, amen. And, you know, when, whenever we would go and do impact teams for them, we would meet. There was a connection there. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's kind, of, it's kind of like black people. Whenever you see another black person, say, hey, what's up, man? Texas, you're here. I said, why in the world did you guys come all the way to Michigan? Because we thought it was Michigan. They're doing good, amen. Pastor Joe just sent out his baby church. Hallelujah, amen. I think they got a building already, too. Praise God, Amen. And this is what we're in it for. We're in it to see lives change forever. We're, we want more believers to be a part of this rapture. It's going to happen so quick. And some of you right now, you might have family members that you're working with, family members that you're praying for, coworkers. You want them to escape this judgment. Keep praying for them. Don't lose heart. It's going to happen quick. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 then we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and remain with him forever. Listen, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, everything is going to change. This is not going to be the end for us, though. The church, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be. I have young Disciples asking me, new converts, they want to know everything about the last days, especially what's happening in Israel, Bobby and Carrie Bettis out there. I mean, they're they're just telling me, they're they're seeing all these things taking place. They're sending me videos. Um, I'm showing these disciples videos. And uh, it's it's, it's amazing to see there's Jewish people believing on Jesus Christ as the Messiah. We as a fellowship have a church in Israel. Saving. I'm telling you, it's, it's going to happen quick, beloved. We don't know when. It can happen tonight. We never know. But this is not the end for the church. After the seven years, the Bible says there's going to be a new start. There's going to be something called the millennial reign. And that is when Christ is going to rule for a thousand years. In other words... A thousand years of God's intended purpose. You know, in Miami, we're pioneering down there. This is when all the left behind books were coming out. And I had a coworker of mine, uh, he was taking me on a ride and uh, he he was talking to me. I said, oh, so you're a pastor? I said, yeah, I'm down here in Miami trying to build a church. And he said, have you read the left behind books? I said, no, I haven't, man. Seen the movie, the first one. Amen. We showed it for an outreach. And he said, yeah, I think that's more my style. I said, what style is that? I think my style is to be left behind. I said, I was a new pastor, okay. I called him an idiot right there. And then afterwards I said, oh man, I'm sorry, Lord. I shouldn't have called, that. called him that. It, it, listen, it's not going to be a fantasy being left behind. Hello. If Jesus Christ has an intended purpose for the church still, after the seven years of judgment, we're coming back to reign. Th- Christ is coming back to reign a thousand years. This is serious. He's setting everything up for the millennial reign. There is no loophole. You know, we wish we could have an app. As a pastor, you know, I pray God, give me wisdom. God, give me discernment. I need to sh- give me spiritual eyes so I can see. My, I always heard Pastor Morales talk to me about him speaking to men and him, you know, him dealing with them and say, "Oh, you're you're in this sin," and I'm like, wow, well, I want that, amen." But you know what? You can fake, you can fake it. Coming to church, we don't have an app to scan you if you're real or not. I wish we did. Can you imagine that? All the ushers, wait, wait, right there. Prayer room's over there, brother. Don't even come here yet. Listen, God has an app. It's called the rapture. You can't fake it. Either you're saved or you're not. Either you're born again or you're not. Either you have the blood of Jesus on your life to rise above the judgment or you don't. Let's close with the great invitation. Because we have to ask ourselves, why is God telling us this? There's a reason this is in the word of God. The reason why God wants us to know about the judgment that is coming. Number one, it's for you and I. It's for the church. It's for people. We make a decision to get in the ark. God warned Noah and he obeyed. Listen, We have been told the truth. Now you must choose to obey that truth. You're a sinner. Hello, that's the way we were born. Evil continually. You didn't have to teach us to sin. This is our default. Acknowledge that. Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner and I need your grace and your mercy. I repent of my sins. Turn from my wicked ways and I turn to you. You have to make a decision tonight to get into that ark so you can escape the judgment. The second reason God tells us this is for other people. To gather as many people as we can. The supreme task of the church is to warn the wicked. Amen. Maybe you're here and you're uh, new again. You've been coming for less than a year. And you're trying to find your purpose. Your number one purpose now that you're saved is to save others. You got the goods. You got the answer. You got the hope. Be a testimony. People need to see what God is doing in your lives. The reason why God shows us this is to gather as many people into the ark as possible. And of course, Jesus said it in Matthew 28, our great commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them, teaching them everything that I've taught you. That is our great commission. The church is the ark of today. We're trying to get as many people in as possible. And the last reason God tells us this is for the now. In other words, there needs to be an urgency. Do all you can, when you can, but do it now. Jesus said, I must work now while it's still day. You know, beloved, I was asking Brother Amari, I said, can you give me a list of how many grandbaby churches you have? I believe he, he said, I, I, my text said five grandbaby churches. Do you realize you have five, seven generational churches from Prescott. That's powerful. That means what we do works seven generations later, and they're still they're still preaching, saving the loss. They're doing what they can when they can, but they're doing it now, and they're doing it while we still have some time left. Beloved, people might not see it. They might not see the warning signs, but we're supposed to. Jesus said it's like a woman giving birth pains. I'm telling you right now, this is coming. Just as people escaped judgment in our text, tonight God wants you to escape. He wants you to escape. The rapture is coming quickly, right before the seven years of judgment. This is urgent. And that invitation involves you tonight. No matter how old, no matter how many years you have on your belt. You know what they say, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's the lie when Jesus gets involved. Amen. Hallelujah. No matter what, I don't care where you're at in life right now, God wants you to come into the ark. Come into the ark. Stay there. I close with the story we're going to pray. Do you know how old Ken Bilal was? Ken Bilal, the the man I I spoke about in the opening, Ken Bilal, doing all this, accounted for 400 plus lives. Ken Bilal was 90 years old. Puts us to some of us to shame. Amen. When he did this, 90 years old in his fiberglass boat at 90 years old saved lives listen to what he said he said every day i went out there i was sacrificing my life by the seventh day kevin ken Beloud, depressed and hungry himself he was plotting an exit strategy he ferried a family of 10 to a man with a truck and this man with the truck was taking people that he rescued to safety. He told the man, this is my last trip, I'm done. Right then, an elderly woman heard this. She gripped his arm, grabbed him by the arm, and she said, you can't leave, Ken. These are your people, and there's more of them out there. And he said, when she spoke those words, That gripped my heart and I turned around and went back for more. Listen, as the church, we have a duty. Every pastor's prayer, tell you this from experience, every pastor's prayer is that how I view the loss is the way the people in our church view the loss. Because as God's heart is, he doesn't want anybody to perish. What about you tonight? Is get as many people as possible. He's coming back. Ready or not, it's coming. But you can make the escape tonight. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, please. Thank you. Amen for your attentiveness.